0: Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Today on Grieving Insomniacs, we have an interview with Angie Hansen of Butterflies and Halos. Take a listen and listen to us have a conversation about grief. Thanks for listening. And Halos, I thought, on Instagram. I do,
1: yeah. So my name is Angie Hansen, yeah. And my um, my business, I just launched a, a business um, called Butterflies and Halos in June of 2022. Butterfly. And on Etsy, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, so, yeah, so I just kind of, you know, um, after several years of just trying to, you know, figure out what my purpose is after, you know, all my many losses, um, you know, I just, and how I could help friends and all that. It was a, you know, the cards that I found at stores just didn't speak how we'd speak to our friends. Um, I wouldn't give my best friend a card that said, with deepest sympathy, you know? And yeah, so I just, I was, what, what did I want to hear? What did my friends want to hear? So that's when I launched that. So yeah, it's on Etsy. Um, I am a uh, greedy mom. I lost my son Garrett and 2006, he died six days after his uh, first birthday. And so he died suddenly from a a rare heart defect that we didn't know he had. And he died in his sleep, you know, and then after um, about a year after our son died, my husband, Jack was diagnosed with cancer. And so he battled cancer for 16 months, and he died in February of 2009. And then my brother, had been battling a brain tumor for uh, five years. And uh, he ended up losing his battle exactly two months after my husband died in April 2009. And so within two and a half years, you know, I just I lost three very major men and boys in my life. And it just really, kind of just, you know, threw me for a loop. I didn't really know my life went from One spectrum to another within two and a half years, I have a daughter who at the time uh, that my son died, she was four. And then um, when my husband died, she was six. And so, you know, I had to obviously uh, help her grieve and figure out how to live life. So fast forward to, um, you know, just last year, 2022, uh, I am remarried. And uh, I just had a lot of, and I wanted to help to guide others along in their grief journey. And so I just had told uh, my husband, Chance, I said, I just, these cards, I was like, why can't we find cards that, um, that say how I feel, you know, um, or how I'm not going to give my friend a greeting card that says with deepest sympathy, because, there was just no feeling there. And in my mind, you know, there are beautiful cards out there. Don't get me wrong, but I am, we know how it feels when we, when we lose a child, for example, Um, you know, the words, a lot of those words don't mean anything to us and they're not healing. Um, But if I had a card um, with one, you know, that, for example, one of my cards um, my very first one that I made was just, you know, I don't know what to say, Let's go eat one of those damn casseroles, you know, just kind of to add a little, you know, I would love to receive that one from my best friend, uh, because what happens when someone dies is, you know, we receive so many food items, um, casseroles kind of being the running joke, I think, in the death community. And um, so I would I would have rather had that. I knew my girlfriend would be there to support me. She does. She doesn't know what to say. She's not going to try to fix me. Um, But just let's go eat one of those damn casseroles. So anyways, I, my card business, you know, I just, I wanted to show up for my grieving friends, um, because I knew how it felt. And um, I didn't want to try to fix them. I wanted to just support them. And so that's kind of how my greeting card company uh, came to fruition. You know, my husband, Chance really pushed me to do it. He said, Angie, you've got a lot to say. You've got You've got, you know, um, years of experience with grief. You've heard it all from good to bad. And, and you know, you know how to help. So in um, June of 2022 is when I launched my Etsy store, Butterflies and Halos. And I currently have, I believe there's 96 cards on there. So I go, there's some funny ones um, that go from the next time someone says something like next time someone says everything happens for a reason, you know, I'll throw punch them for you <laughs> too, you know, because, <laughs> you know, we always hear that. Uh, and, um, or, you know, if people say how strong you are, you know, well, I didn't have an effing choice. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, you know how that is. And it's just, um, we do our best when we grieve, but then I, I do have heartfelt ones too. And, um, you know, just that have meaning, you know, just, and these are all things that these are all my words that I've come up with or words that I've heard along the way. Um, or people have reached out to me and said, Hey, this would be a great card. And so, um, you know, I said, absolutely. If you don't mind, can I use it on a card? And they say, absolutely. So that's kind of where, you know, it all was born from. And, you know, I just, my desire is, um, that all these cards, you know, bring light and hope into every person that receives one, you know, and if I can touch somebody's soul, just, you know, one person, you know, I, I've done my mission. So
0: you are 17 years out from. How Correct. Yeah. It'll be son. 17
1: this year is that my son has been gone.
0: So tell me about, cause I'm 11 years out. What it's okay. like, What is it like to be 17 years out?
1: Well, um, you know, and I think I, I mentioned this a little bit to you, I um, it's, it's an odd feeling because my son would be graduating high school this year. And I, you know, we live in a very small community and I know so many of the kids and families that are graduating. So I, I have mixed feelings from joy for them, obviously, I'm, I, you know, I feel joy all the time. But then, you know, inside and silently, my heart's breaking because, you know, I don't get that chance. I don't, I don't get the chance to see my son grow. I never did. And being 17 years out, I just, it's unbelievable to me, honestly, but, and I don't know for you, but I can still remember every single thing about the day he died. Um, I can remember every single thing. I can remember what we ate the night before. You know, I can remember everything. I can remember what I was wearing. And I just think the mind and our brain is just the most amazing thing because I can't remember, you know, I can't remember the funeral or things like that or who was there or what people said to me at all. But, um, you know, and I, I there's a lot of things that I've missed along the way because I can't remember. But I just feel that each year that, the time moves on from him being gone, you know, I just, it's, to me, it's that one step closer that I know I'll get to see him again. And I truly believe that, you know, and I don't know. I just, it's just, it just, it's amazing to me. You know, I don't, I, sometimes I don't know. How did we get this far? Well, you know, I guess it's that in the beginning with it's all helpless, you know, when we face grief, Um, we are in just a helpless state. And then, as we move through our grief journeys, I feel like we just learn, um, and we have tools that we figure out how to move through our grief. Um, you know, we never, we never, ever get over the grief. Um, we never lose sight of that. And, um, you know, that's one of my cards grief has no expiration date, you know, it just doesn't, but I, I feel every time I think of them now, 17 years later, I don't cry every time I, um, I, I smile and I just feel joyful that I did get my one year with him, you know, and I feel blessed and I honor him constantly and I honor his memory constantly. He's talked about daily. And
0: I have found as a result of my son dying that, um, I am deathly afraid of someone dying again. What was that experience like experiencing those two griefs so close together?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, also, you know, I have a, I have a blog that I write on um, and I update my blog every Friday. It's, it's just on my, I have a butterflies and I have a blog and yesterday was my brother's Anniversary, death anniversary, and so it was fourteen years. And like I said, he died um, two months exactly after my husband died. And so I, I talked about that because I didn't, I feel like I didn't know who I was grieving, you know. And when my, when my husband was diagnosed, he was diagnosed one year exactly after our son had. Um, died I felt like our grieving kind of took a back seat our pro you know, our grieving process took a back seat because we were fighting the fight and you know our my husband's prognosis was not good um he was da- diagnosed with ocular melanoma which is a tumor in his eye and um, it had spread to his brain and his liver and his spleen and so you know his his prognosis was very grim and you know they told us that and so but we were like, we are not going to lose this battle. So I felt like during the process of his cancer journey, which I said, like I said, it was 16 months, um, from diagnosis to his death, you know, we, we focused on him and we, we did not, I don't feel like we grieved like we should have or could have, um, for our son, you know, and then Um, and then my brother, right after my husband died, and then he died two months later, that was the darkest period of my life. And, um, I just, I didn't know who I was grieving for. You know, I was just, I was mad. I was angry. I was sad. I was lonely, extremely lonely. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know where to turn to or how to do anything and, um, I didn't know who I was sad for or mad for or anything because it was just there was such a culmination of the losses. And so I um, I think throughout that time, then period after my brother and my husband died, um, you know, I started to just trying to separate all their losses. And I just, you know, my main mission in life obviously was to support my daughter. And she was going to thrive. We were going to try to figure out how to have a good life because it wasn't fair to her to have her whole family gone as well. And Mm -hmm. I wanted her to be happy and thrive. And so I just, I worked on, I worked on all that just by, I journaled a ton. I journal and journal and journal. That's my go-to. And I would write about each individual person. So that's how I would separate their deaths, you know, and their lives. And um, I think that's kind of what helped me get through some of that. Um, Did I do everything right? Probably not. And that's kind of what I said in my blog, too, yesterday about my brother. It was, you know, I didn't, all my family was experiencing all the same things. You know, my parents had just lost a son, but they had also lost a grandson and a son-in-law, you know, my, my sister and her family and my brother and my other brother and his, you know, they, they lost a brother-in-law, a nephew, you know, um, and a brother. And so everyone had the same losses, you know, and so it was hard to lean on family. And, you know, one of my friends, she actually had said yesterday to me, or she posted um, on Facebook to me. And she just said, you know, remembering that time period, she says, it just makes my stomach hurt. And she's like, and she goes, we didn't even know how to scratch the surface on helping you, you know? And, um, but it just, it took time, you know, time is what it took. And the journey is still, you know, I still process them all. I can now grieve each one individually now, fortunately.
0: So does it bring you comfort thinking that they're all together?
1: A hundred percent. Yes. Yes, it it definitely does. And I, I, that was my first image when my husband was sick, we had a carrying bridge page. So he, you know, so we could let everybody know, um, you know, this was before a lot of Facebook and all that. I mean, I know Facebook was out, but we didn't use all that, but he had a carrying bridge page so we could let family near and far, um, know what was going on. And the day that he died, you know, he was on hospice for just like two days, um, two to three days. I can't, yeah, two days. And I, um, you know, my, my vision, I said, all I envision right now is Jack walking up to our son, Garrett, Garrett running to him and he picks them up and lifts them up and they pick up right where they left off, you know, and that brought me the most comfort, um, I've ever had, you know, and it was, it was my peace that I needed, you know, and, um, when Jack was, um, you know, when he was on hospice, you know, I felt like maybe he was fighting, you know, cause he was always a, our protector, you know, my daughter, Gracie and I, he was our protector and we were his girls. And I, um, When he was fighting, I just told him, I said, Jack, it's okay. Go be with our son, Garrett. Gracie and I will be okay. It's okay for you to let go. And he did. He did probably about an hour later, he let go. So, well,
0: that just brings me a little bit to tears.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful image and that's what I rely on, you know?
0: Yes. I can see how that would be healing. Yeah. So what other kind of things would you like to share with the listeners about your grief journey that you think would help them cope?
1: Well, um, you know, I just, honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey and we always have to remember, um, you know, we, during the beginning days and weeks and months of, you know, your, your initial loss, of whoever that is, you know, the it's, you have to know, it's just not going to be, it's just not going to be easy. You know, life as we know, it is changed forever. And, um, it sucks completely. As you know, it just, it sucks. And, um, I, um, but you know, but we never let go of our losses as we grow through our journey, you know, and, um, we, we let, we let go of some of the hurts through those losses, but, you know, we never let go of the love that we received and had through, you know, all our, all our people or whoever it was. And, um, I never wanted to say to people, you know, time, just give it time, you know, um, but time truly is a healer for all of us. And it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect in one year. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect in five years. Um, You know, I'm 17 years out. And like I said, it's uh, my journey is bringing up a lot of emotions with my son because of um, his upcoming, potentially graduating this year, you know, and, and so I just I, I think people just have to really give themselves grace, I think. I think we are so hard on ourselves um, because there's an expectation out there in society that we need to do this way. We need to do that way. There's, there's no handbook. And I've always said this, I'm like, when we bring home a baby, you know, I remember when we brought home our daughter, Gracie, for the first time, my husband, Jack, and I looked at each other and we like, what do we do with her now? You know, it's like, you don't get a handbook when you leave the hospital, just like when someone dies they don't hand you a handbook you know they they tell you oh you're going to go through these phases of grief and this is the way it's going to happen but it doesn't happen in that order it happens i mean all of them happen all at once all of them happen singularly but we have to give ourselves grace and we really just do it your way i always um just do it your way if your way is posting on facebook sharing stories of the person that died, then do it, do it because it's for you. It's for your heart, you know? And, um, but there is no time on anything. I think that's a lot of times people think, well, she should be done grieving. You know, you, I've lost friends along the way. Um, just because they think that it should be a certain way and it's not, you know, it's not. And, um, nobody knows, you don't know until you go through it, you know? And I, I don't have any animosity towards any person that maybe had to walk away from, you know, my grief journey because they couldn't understand it, you know, and they don't understand it. Um, but if you are going through it, I just, the biggest thing is give yourself grace and don't set any expectations for yourself. Um, don't expect time to, wish it away either. You know, I, you know, you have to process the grief, you have to go through it. And that's one thing I've learned too. I, I feel like I ran a lot after my husband and brother died. I was like, Gracie, you know, it's easier for us if we just travel, if we leave and go on a trip here, go on a trip there. But you know, that's when I was running away from it. You know, I don't think that was the correct thing to do because Once school started again, we had to be back and we had to be home and, you know, it was life was sad again. And the reality sunk in that, okay, this really is our life. You know, we, it's just us two, and we're going to figure it out. And, um, and we do, we figure it out, you know, and you're going to make mistakes along the way, um, during your grief journey, Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to happen. So, um, but grace is my biggest thing
0: the irony of it all about the stages of grief is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross actually studied people who were dying. Okay. So all of these years, uh, the stages of grief have been misapplied to grief. When the reality is that it was never meant to be used that way. Okay. I
1: did not know that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Do some research on it. Cause it's, I did a podcast about it. Because it's so frustrating because going to graduate school to be a counselor, we didn't do any grief education. Okay. Except for, of course, Kubler-Ross, even in the psychology textbooks. And as soon as my son died, I was like, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. This was not in my textbook. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> Nobody told me about this. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I think about the people that I saw when before my son died and I realized the mistakes I made with them because I had no idea.
1: Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So Christopher dying gave me an education that I would rather have not had. Exactly. But but kind of enhanced my ability to be empathetic. That's for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. My um, my my empathy radar has completely (laughs) its standing tall for sure
0: (laughs) right because you you can just feel
1: it you do yeah yeah you feel you I feel all the I feel all the emotions and sometimes I don't know if you feel this way but when you hear somebody else dying especially another child probably around the same age as you know your son died or my son died um You know, you just I kind of freeze up a little, you know, just like and it just my I feel like my my heart just stops for a second because I just know every single thing that that parent or those parents are going through right now. And it's just like I know every single emotion and I, I feel like I freeze up sometimes like I know I know what I can say to them, but I don't know. I don't know how to help them, you know, and that's where I with my card business and even just like talking about it, you know, um, on podcasts is that I want, I want to make talking about this, the norm. I don't want it to be uncomfortable for people to feel those feelings. And I don't want people to feel uncomfortable to talk to me about it. I want to hear their names, you know? And I think that's where I, I feel like sometimes in the beginning, that's where I was. I was like, people would always turn to me like, well, what do I do for them? You know, you've, you've lost all these people. What do I do for them? Like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm still grieving and I don't know, um, right now, you know? And so it's just, um, I find that just, yeah, I find it interesting how our bodies just kind of do that.
0: I, my heart kind of sinks. Yeah. Did you do any counseling after any of your losses?
1: Um, I went to a counselor once after Garrett died and it wasn't for me. Um, it didn't, (laughs) (laughs) and it, you know, and it could have been like the, maybe it just wasn't the right person. We just weren't a right fit. You know, um, it was one of those where I felt they were trying to fix me and tell me exactly how I should be doing things and feeling. And I'm just like, I don't feel like this is how this works. You know, like in my body and mind I was just like, I didn't. But we did, um, we did do group therapy um, with our daughter, Gracie, after Garrett died. It's um, At the time in 2006, it was called Teddy Bear Hollow. And they're located <laughs> in Omaha, we're in Nebraska. So they are located in Omaha, Nebraska. And it's now called Grief's Journey. Um, but we did go. So they put, it's an eight week session where you just come and they put the adults together, and then they put the kids in their age group. And it's about an hour long. And then we sit there and talk about, um, you know, our grief. And then for the younger kids, Gracie, like I said, was four at the time. She, you know, she knew nothing about it, but she learned about um, the different ways people die. She learned how, you know, they did an amazing job, you know, and it was very hands-on. They did arts and crafts. They did a lot of memory things. Um, and I honestly, I believe that just really helped her. And it helped it helped me. I don't think it was really Jack's thing, you know, but um, for me, it really helped. And then after Jack died and my brother died, um, you know, Gracie and I, we went back through that again. Um, we did the program again because uh, I thought that was necessary. And then and then you know years later after that um I took the facilitator training and I facilitated groups there because I was just at that point where I was ready to give back and understood it I was at a point in my journey that I could do that so and I haven't I haven't done any facilitating for a while but that was pretty much the extent of our um I guess therapy or counseling that we did but it was It was, it was very good for us and for our family.
0: See, I was very scared of, I was very scared of the community stuff, which is why I asked. I kind of laughed because that has been my experience. also being a counselor, I interact with other counselors and we are so much different when it comes to grief. Yes. That, which is part of the reason why I talk about it, because I don't think we do enough to educate counselors about grief.
1: I agree with you.
0: Cause it's like I only learned because my son died. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, sh-
0: that should not be the way I learned. <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> no, look- I agree. I agree with you though. It is um it definitely is um I think there's a misconnection with counseling um you know counselors with grief for sure.
0: Yeah. And I never went to the support group route. You're brave for doing that. I think Um, just because I'm pretty much kind of a loner, but I live in a small community and it's really hard to not take over.
1: Yeah. Yes. I I agree. I I can understand that probably from your perspective.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm glad to hear it's helpful. I don't know if we have anyone around here like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a free free program that they offer. So, you know, they rely on, you know, um, grants and um, donations and things like that. So it was a free program for our family to attend. And like I said, it's we learned about it at the hospital when our son died. Um, So they Mm -hmm. gave us information about it. So I, you know, I looked into it. Um, We started going probably three months after he died. So it was fairly soon after he died that we started attending.
0: Are you in a very rural community?
1: Yes, yeah, so yeah, so we're outside of Omaha, Nebraska, so our community is very small where we live. It's about i think there's like fifteen hundred people so so it's 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 a small community, you know, everybody knows everybody.
0: <laughs> Did you do much stuff online? Did you join any support groups online? I-
1: Yeah, I did do a couple online. I did, um, you know, Compassionate Friends. I actually went to a couple meetings um, at our local chapter here in Omaha, Compassionate Friends. Wasn't my, you know, wasn't my favorite thing. Um, Probably the biggest thing, um, there was a gal that um, went to our church. Well, we didn't really have a church when Garrett died but we started kind of being involved in the church that we had his service at because our some very good family friends they said well you should have Garrett's service at our church and talk to their pastor everything we felt you know we just we felt very comfortable and in love there so we ended up um a gal that was a member there reached out to me and she was part of a moms group that was for moms that had lost children and it was very small And it was led by a gal that was a very, she's a very devoted Christian lady, but she did not, she did not lose a child, you know, but somebody had asked her, she would lead a group. So we did kind of like book studies. So I went, I met these ladies, all these ladies. um, Oh, I think there's probably five or six of us, maybe seven. um, You know, they had lost their Everybody had lost a child, but most of them were teenagers. Most of them were in car accidents and stuff, you know, different things like that. So I was the minority where my son was one and, you know, died from, you know, a heart defect. But besides that, they welcomed me with open arms. Um, You know, it was never a, there was never a difference of time, you know, like age, for our losses, you know, um, all our losses were the same. We had the same thing in common. We lost, we lost a child. We lost a part of us, you know, we lost somebody that was our everything. And so we went through those and I, you know, to this day, we still get together once in a while. Um, they're amazing ladies. I, that was where I felt the most comfort because I think, you know, at at that group at Grief's journey, as good as it was, you know, in the adult time, you know, we were with people that had lost a spouse or, you know, they had lost a grandparent or they had lost, you know, a friend. And we were the only ones at the time that had lost a child. And so it was hard to mix all those, those losses together and talk about it. Um, I wanted somebody to, I wanted somebody out there feeling the same thing I was feeling. And that's what I found with this group um, of ladies. And it was very helpful. So we read a lot of books and just kind of talked. And that's that's all we did. Talked about our feelings and all that. So that was, that, and that was just us. And it's not even, they don't, we don't even do like new groups or anything like that. Um, so um, it was just kind of a perfect timing, I guess, for me um, to join and be a part of that.
0: So that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast and why I talk so openly, because some of my family says I talk too openly.
1: I, <laughs> uh, I disagree. <laughs>
0: yeah, I why I talk very openly, because we have to admit, we have to normalize this, we have to normalize the fact that I don't know if you get left out at holidays, but being left out at holidays, because you're the one that's going to bring everybody down because you're sad, mm. or the, the people that... And it's mostly family that won't even talk about your child anymore, because one of the best things that I've ever done for my own grief, actually, is to start the podcast.
1: Yes. I think it's amazing because, and I've listened to several, I haven't listened to all your podcasts, but I've listened to several of them. And um, I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think that it's much needed and it's just that's where my vision is too. you know, let's normalize this grief talk and it's, it's okay. It's okay to talk about it and it's okay to have our feelings. And, um, and that's what we, you know, unfortunately we have these experiences, but we have to teach the world, you know? And so what I think that you've created is amazing. And I, I applaud you for that because I think it's, it's very well needed.
0: Well, thank you for that. Cause I think that there's a lot of things that you're saying that um, are really going to help other people.
1: Okay. Thank
0: and, you. and some of the things that I have experienced hearing you talk about them yeah. is, you know, just brings that sigh of relief of, I'm not the only one.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and
0: that, that is so needed for people to feel like they're not alone.
1: Yes, I I agree. And that's, that's, we have to get it out there, you know, and that's why I'm just like, I, I want to get it out there. I'm just like, I want to be the voice, you know, I want to be the voice and I want people to know it's okay. And, you know, we, we, we need each other, we all need each other. And we're just in a weird space in our society that, you know, people are just so against each other. And we just we need to, I always say it, we are always better together. That's how I end every one of my blogs that I write. Like I say, always we're better together. We're better together, you know, and if we can all understand that, you know, it's, it'll, it'll be helpful. It'll be helpful in the long run.
0: Right. May not be in our lifetime. Exactly. The (laughs) generations behind us will benefit for sure. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Cause we have to think about how, our parents and every, you know, that they were raised, they didn't talk about death. You know, they never talked about it. It was a hush hush, you know, society back then about that. And I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about my people all the time.
0: I do too. I do too. I just started talking about Christopher recently and at, at my work, especially when people are talking about their kids and they are still kind of uncomfortable with it. They just don't know what to say. They're just like, yeah.
1: <laughs> "It's real, but it's it's your every it's your every day, you know." And um, it's
0: so. And it was interesting. I was watching YouTube one time and I saw this. I n- had never heard of a death doula before.
1: Oh yeah, I just heard. I just read about one of those,
0: and she was saying that she kind of presented the history like what is a death doula and it's and she was talking about how back in the 20s, 30s, 40s where they brought the bodies home, the family would take care of the bo- bodies and so like we were close we were closer to death then and so we were more accustomed to death but then they we started having funeral homes and mortuaries and that was taken away from being inside the family and then we became separated and we've become more and more separated from that aspect of death. And she was saying that her job as a doula is to come up and come to the family and help them do those things because she felt like that was an important part of the grieving process. And I wondered about that. if If we did have the ability to take care of our families in that way, how much would our grief change?
1: I think, I think it potentially could change quite a bit for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole process of it all is, um, it can be a beautiful experience or, you know, it can be tragic, but when it's, you know, when it's a tragic experience to be able to do something like that, I think it can change the whole dynamic of your grief.
0: Yeah. Cause you have some, you have some time with them, you know, like, so Christopher died away from here. Okay. Yeah. So then they had to bring the body back. But even if they bring the body back, they left it at the funeral home. So I couldn't see it for five days, you know, so like there's this, there's this separation from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I sometimes wonder if that would have made a difference because it seemed so distant, distant at the time.
1: Oh, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I think I think yeah, if you I hear people say that too, where they just they want to go see their person right away. They want to know. You know, I just a friend of mine just wrote a book. She's a fellow widow. And she just wrote a book about her experience with her husband dying, and he was killed by a drunk driver. And um, the driver other driver also died. But when she talked about that, she didn't get all the pieces and information when she was told that he was killed in an accident and she needed to see him because she needed to know what was wrong with him and she wrote that in her book you know she needed to know like did he have lacerations on his head you know and she said did he have this how did he die was it was it from impact or was it from something else or what you know but And it took them days before she could go see him even, you know, because of the whole process and being a kind of, you know, crime, not a crime scene, but a manslaughter because the drunk driver killed him. And so I found that very interesting, but she, as soon as she saw him and was able to go to the funeral home and see him, she felt more at peace about it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah. If you, if you can't see your person for a long time, you know, and, um, that's, that's gotta be just hard because the whole time you just, you need to know if it's real or not too. I'm, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Visual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You need to know because in, in my experiences fortunate, my son, I mean, he was, he was not, I was not with him. Um, he was at his daycare provider's house when he died, he was taking his nap and she found him unresponsive, um, in his crib there. And, you know, he was lifelighted to the hospital and, you know, by the time we got there, you know, he, he didn't survive. And, um, but I was still, I was there right then, you know, and I was able to spend time with him at the hospital and they gave us all the time that we needed, you know, and they offered for us to give him his bath, you know, do things like that, help make hand, his hand molds and feet molds. Um, so they did offer that I, I declined because, you know, I think I was in just so much shock. And at that moment, I finally realized, wait, I have a daughter at home. Great. How's Gracie going to handle this? How's, you know, and that was my, I hadn't thought about her at all. And that was shocking to me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I need to get home to Gracie because I need to, we need to see Gracie and support her. But, you know, to the whole point, is I was able to hold him for as long as I needed to in that, you know, sterile, cold hospital room. but i i was I was given that, you know, and that was very comforting to me. Um, so the idea of a death doula and doing that, I think, is good. And, you know, when my husband died, you know, he was on hospice for a couple days. um. I, you know, I was with him when he died, you know, I was, I was able to crawl up in his hospital bed next to him. And, you know, I was able to be with him when he passed over. And um, that was beautiful to me. And so, um, and it was very comforting. And, you know, same with my brother, when my brother died, he was in the hospital, but you know, We knew that he was not going to survive and, you know, we took him off life support. And so we were with him when he died. Again, it was a beautiful experience. And I don't think anyone can understand that unless because I've heard people say like, how can you say that's beautiful or that's peaceful or anything? But it truly is, you know, it's until you go through it, you can't explain it. But I like the idea of a death doula because I do think it will bring more peace and help people through the grief journey, you know, and getting mm-hmm. started.
0: Yeah, it was that I have looked for her since because it was a long time ago, I was going to have one come on the podcast and talk about what it's like.
1: Oh, I think that would have been amazing. Absolutely. Yes.
0: And maybe even a hospice nurse of what it's like to be there when someone passes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's also the scary part. Well, and it was a scary part for me, too, because, well, Christopher had two friends in the room. Okay. And um, he passed away and they didn't notice. Oh. Because my cousin's a hospice nurse and she says, being there at, just like you, says the same thing, being there at that moment makes you believe in an afterlife and makes you believe in God and heaven. And she says it has changed her so much perspective on life.
1: I can imagine. Yes, it's it, it changed my perspective on things as well, you know. And, um, you know, my father in law, my first so my husband Jack that died, my father in law, um, he just he just died. Um, and he actually died on the same day my husband had his son, my husband died. So, February 8th. Wow. My husband died February 8th, 2009. And then my father in law just died this past February, February 8th, 2023. Um, They died within an hour of each other, 14 years apart. Um, He had been, he was diagnosed with a very rare disease about 10 years ago called PSP. It's like progressive supranuclear palsy. It's a very rare disease, but it was very slow and degenerative, you know, similar to an ALS disease. And but he was on hospice for about the last week and a half of his life. And he was home and they had 24-7 care for about four years at their house. But, um, you know, it was the day before he died, I was over there and because I'm still very close to my in-laws, you know, and um, I was over there and, you know, I was glad I got to see him. But, um, you know, he he did it on his terms and it just it brings the For me, the feeling when I got the call that morning, like at 745 or whatever, one of the caregivers called me and said, you know, well, Gary died, you know, and I was like, you know, my first honest reaction was, I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I'm like, today is Jack's anniversary, you know? And I was just like, I kind of, my first instinct, I kind of got mad. Like, why did this happen? Why? No. You know? And then I was like, okay, I'll be over because they don't live far from us. And I got there and I walked in and I just had this peace over me. And I'm just like, this was actually the way it's supposed to be. And today I still have that peace. And I'm like, it just, it, it brings so much hope for me that that's, that's the way they needed to do it. You know, Jack was like, cause my father-in-law had suffered. So I know he was telling his dad, it's okay. Just come, let's go. We're here. You know, we got your, everyone's here for you, you know, and we're waiting for you and it's time. And then I was telling my mother-in-law, Suzanne, I said, you know, I said, I said, I think this is their way of making it easy for you. So you don't have to remember two dates. So you just have to remember February 8th and then, you know, and so we kind of got a little chuckle out of that, you know, and, um, but it, it, it brought her a lot of peace too. actually, she just said, I think this is perfect. So it, it's just, it's interesting to me that I I just feel like that's, it's all in God's timing. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Well, that's a great story to end our podcast with. Yes. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. agree.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would love to have you come on in the future. Yes, I would love yeah. it. Maybe a couple of months from now.
1: Yeah, I would definitely love it. Um, for sure. I think, I think there's a lot of. Um. Information we can still talk about and definitely share, and I think I think that would be great. And I would I would love it. I would appreciate it.
0: That sounds good. Okay. I'm gonna attach your links to the bottom of the podcast so people can click on your Etsy shop for your blog. I'll add that too.
1: Okay. Perfect. righty. Yep, yep. Perfect. Yeah. Just um, yeah. Just keep me posted on when you get it all edited and all that stuff, and I can't wait to hear it and Um, I hope you take care of yourself. Oh, thank you. And have a good Easter. I don't know if you're celebrating Easter or
0: not so much. (laughs) Yeah.
1: not So much. Yes. (laughs) Well, my daughter goes to school far away. She goes to school in Alabama, so she's not coming home this year. So it's going to be a little different. Um, she's a junior in college now. So, um, yeah, so it's just, it's my husband and I, so we're just, we're going to hang out with family. So, um, I don't really, we don't celebrate, celebrate, but.
0: Yeah, so I hope you have a nice day. We still have snow up here.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, it's beautiful here today. Um, It's supposed to be almost 65 in Nebraska.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yes, yes. So, no,
1: thank you for taking the time um today and having me on. I appreciate it. I really, truly do. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, take care. Bye. Bye-bye.